The other is on his way to Calabar. <laughs> since, since he came to Nigeria, it is, it is significant. Since he came to Nigeria, our church, we started a church in Ibadan. When he came, we were sitting, there were nine people. The, when we have a convention, when we, we, are, we have guarded well, it's nine. Nine people, nine human beings were gathered. Then he went to Ibadan. Yeah, I tell you. Uh, it's, been, it's been just a few weeks. Yeah. Last time I heard, they said it were 153. <laughs> hey! Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to tell you. But something is about to move you to a level you had only imagined. Yes. Something. You are about to move to a level. A level you had only dreamt about. That level is about to, to be put on you. Something. Something is going to enter into you. Yeah. There are words that are coming. This is, this is God himself sending something to you. God has loved you. God has made it possible for you to be here at this time. To hear Bishop Saki say anything he says, it's a message to you. It's your transformation that is about to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise up to your feet. It is my honor. It's my blessing. I am I feel so I feel so excited to invite on the road. To invite Bishop Saki is impossible. When you trust in His word, coming to the voice of God to thee, is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word for everything, for everything, yes, everything is possible. Hallelujah. Sit on top of your enemies. I tell you, this is the first time the introduction will be longer than the sermon. I think the introduction was the sermon. And um, I'm truly, truly honored and blessed to be here. Bishop Alex, um, he, he has raised the bar very high. You know the, the man who was uh, going to, um, you know, we have high jump in schools and um, sports and all that. Then this guy is going to jump the bar. Then he said, oh, it's low. Lift it higher. Lift it higher. He said, still low. Higher. And then very, very high. Then he went very far and ran straight under the bar. <laughs> so now the bar is so high that I have to run under the bar now. But truly, truly, it's a blessing and a privilege that to know Bishop Alex and Sister Olivia. Amazing, amazing couple. I have, I'm just speaking for not more than 10 minutes, I promise. Um, Bishop Alex, I've been with him for, at many places. You know, we're in Australia together several years ago, I think, two, the year, where's Reverend Peter? Ah, I was with Peter. You know, this is uh, can they can see you? Can you come and they'll see you properly? He started our church in Australia. 
and also from there he went to India to start our churches in India and he's the one who has come to go to Enugu to start the church as well drop your hands for this wonderful wonderful apostle but the church in, in the church in Australia I just started and then I don't know how come myself and Bishop Alex then uh, Reverend Alex uh, happened to be there he was trying to find direction until he had a vision where God would take him but one of the things that I didn't like about him at all was that he didn't sleep in the night you know this was my room and this was his room in the night you pray so hard I said ah, we all like God this man is too much out of uh, fine protocol, I didn't complain much. But one day I told him, that, Look, I, I came in the night, I sleep. I'm not a witch, I'm not a wizard. Allow me to sleep. I mean, what a person is it that he prayed the whole night and the day he doesn't sleep too? And uh, also the problem that he gave me. But I'm very, very happy and <laughs> very grateful to God for his life. Amen. Clap your hands for this amazing man of God. Amen. And um, his wife, you know, when, when uh, Sister Olivia is years back, uh, got us to know that this is the gentleman that he was going to get married to, I wondered what she saw wrong. How can such a fine lady marry such a man? Anyway, but, but, but we, 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 we didn't have much to say, so we just agreed. And smiled, but if she had waited, would have given her a better. You know, sorry, it's okay. We we'll take it like that. <laughs> but bless God for their, this wonderful couple. Amen. All those who know Sister Olivia, our prophetess, they always say that if there's one person who's a Christian, she is one. There's one lady who's a, she is one, a very real, 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 real Christian. That's it. That's who she is. And we thank God for the family and for the children and for all the pastors who have been helping in this great work. Amen. And um, bless God. Bishop Alex, you know, you can't, you can't give up around him. When around him, even when he's rebuking you, you can see joy and love. And sometimes, rebuking is like teasing you, but he's actually telling you something. So nobody gives up around him. And uh, we bless God for such a wonderful person. Amen. And we thank God for the life of our prophets, Bishop Daniel Mills. Amen. For being such a father to us. Amen. If I had my life to live all over again, I would just save every day of my life under him. What a blessing it is to have him as our father. We want to thank the chairman of um, Loyalty House International, Bishop Sam. Such a tall man of God. <laughs> He's the tallest of the bishops you can ever meet. What a shock. So, just I want to read a passage of scripture to us and then we can bring this service to a close. Um, I want to read to you from Luke chapter 17. And um, verses um, 7 through uh, 10. It said, But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say, 
unto him by and by when he is come from the field go and sit down to meal to, to meet and will not rather say unto him make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and save me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward thou shalt eat and drink that he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him I throw not verse 10 so likewise ye when ye have ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you say we are unprofitable servants we have done that which was our duty to do amen I would like to read the sermon is actually the reading of this uh, I'm reading it from the Passion uh, Translation of the Bible. It says that Jesus continued after a servant has finished his work in the field or with the livestock he doesn't immediately sit down to relax and eat. No! A true servant prepares the food for his master and makes sure his master is saved his meal before he sits down to eat to, to eat his own. Does the true servant expect to be thanked for doing what is required of him? So learn this lesson. After doing all that is commanded of you, simply say, we are mere servants, undeserving of special praise. For we are just doing what is expected of us and fulfilling our duties. Somebody say amen. amen. So to the ordinance and to the pastoral appointees, this is the word of God to you. And for all of us who came here today, this is one of the, um, this is Jesus speaking, these are the words of Jesus. If you have a, a good Bible, you can see that it's written in red. If you have a good Bible, these are the words of Jesus. And it is just making us to remember that whatever we are and whatever we have been called to do, we are mere servants. And we don't expect to be thanked. You know, in my short life and my um, short time in ministry, one of the things I have come to, there are two words that often play in our minds. One, one word is the word privilege. And the other is the word sacrifice. Now, the word privilege is often underused. And we often overuse the word sacrifice. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that, you see, it is better to see yourself, anytime you are given an assignment, you are appointed a pastor, you are ordained as a reverend, you are given a duty to serve in the church. You must count yourself privileged rather than doing a sacrifice. Can I have an amen? amen? It is not a sacrifice. Of course, there may be sacrifices here and there. But if you count yourself privileged, you will not get to a point where you feel that you have to be thanked. We, we underuse the word privilege. And often we say, oh, I'm sacrificing, I'm doing this. And one of the things I have seen in, in, in life is that Every time we start a journey or given an assignment, our first response is, oh, it's a privilege. 
Thank you. You know, the church where I was before I came here at the Kadesh, when we started in the bushes and so on, we always say that we are happy, blessed, and privileged. You know, and we must always say that of ourselves. I've come to find in Nigeria that the word happy is a very common word. Happy Sunday. Happy weekend. Happy, happy new month. Happy new week. Happy uh, confusion. I mean, everything is... <laughs> Everything is happy, and I I, 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 really cherish the word happy, because no matter what, what what you're going through, you're expected to be happy. Amen. You're expected to be happy where you are on the way to where you are going. Somebody say amen. amen. So I'm saying that we need to count ourselves privileged. Because every time you start something or giving an assignment, even when it comes to marriage, when you are getting married, or when uh, somebody meets your lady, somebody meets wants to marry you, or, or whatever and so on, or you get a new job, the first attitude and the first is, I am privileged to get this job. Because I've been looking for a job for a long time. So you go and then so many people are, are, are discovered and you are chosen to get a job. You feel privileged. But now as time goes by, the person who felt privileged begin to feel that I'm not treated well. I'm making sacrifices. Are you? Am I coming? Am I coming home? You see, and we begin to underplay privilege. That is why a lot of employers often regret employing people because you could see their their their, their grateful faces when they got a job first. But after after they get established in the job, after they begin to be, they become pastors for a while. They become reverend for a while, bishops for a while. Then they forget the privilege and they begin to feel that we are sacrificing for the work to go on. Can I preach to anybody here? Can I talk to you for three, five more minutes? So all I'm saying today is that count yourself privileged. Can I have an amen? You may be seated. <laughs> now you see, at the point I'm making, you see, when you when you get married, you know, you, you, I remember when I met my wife, and then, mm, <laughs> and 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 I, I I proposed to her, you know, and I remember that even before I proposed, when I go and visit her, and then I'm eating, and I eat a little bit. So is that all you are eating? Eat some more, eat some more. Many years after we got married, I'm married for many years. When I eat, I don't eat a lot. I don't eat all the food. You spoil the food. Why didn't you tell me you are not hungry? Why didn't you tell me you, see, you, you wasted the food? What a shock. You know, initially, the privilege has not become. Can I talk to anybody here? It's amazing. It's amazing that things turn as time goes by. So I'm telling our pastors and our reverends. That let the word privilege always rule and reign in your mind. And, and they play the word sacrifice. Because the truth of the matter is that everybody is replaceable. This is one of the, the, one of the most humbling truths in life. That everybody is replaceable. In case you don't believe it, go and ask Sister Vashti. She will tell you how her place was taken by Esther. So everybody, you see, there's nobody that is not replaceable. And for me, this is one of the things that have guided me all my life. And I keep saying that, look, every chair you are sitting on, sit on it well. Because somebody, that is why every soccer match, they are reserved players. Because you are replaceable. 
You don't play where somebody will come and take your place. But if you count yourself privileged that look, other could have done what I'm doing. Other could be sitting where I'm sitting. So I'm sitting here today. It's not because I'm better than others. It's not because I'm more experienced than others. Because of the privilege God has given me. May I value this privilege. And may I not make, make, mess up this privilege. Can I have an amen? Are we still here? So all I'm saying to all of us sitting here. That there will come various times of our lives. When an assignment will be a privilege. When a job. When a call. When an invitation will be a privilege. Never get to the point where you feel that without me, this cannot work. No, nobody can ever hold the church of God at ransom. Nobody can hijack the church of God. God always has a replacement for everybody. I saw somebody who shout amen. So if you are here today, let us have a, a humble heart and tell us, look, this church and Bishop Jake was here, a very gentle and nice, cool man. And then he moved away. When he was going in, some of you cried. Then Bishop Niajedu came. And uh, he's a hot man. Bishop Jake is cool. He's a hot man. And then uh, you were very happy. And then he was also moved. And then God has brought in between. Both uh, cool and then hot mixed together. What a shock. <laughs> now that's how it is. And the church is still going. The church has not collapsed. Because not one person, you see, nobody is infallible. Only God Almighty is infallible. Can I have an amen? So we must get to the point of totally knowing that it's, it's, it's my turn to save. You see, when this program started, uh, somebody came, uh, Reverend Dad did the opening prayer. Then uh, uh, Bishop Alex came, did the introduction. Sister Olivia came. Tinoke um, came and so everybody has been here. Now, when it's your turn, play your role well. Because somebody else will come after you are gone. And when it's somebody's turn and the person is on stage, clap for him. Because when you come here, we'll also clap for you. Can I have a loud amen? Your turn will come. I said your turn will come. When you be the one holding a microphone. And I'm not going to hold this microphone after, after in two minutes time. My turn will be over. I'm going to sit down. And somebody else will come. But whilst I'm on stage, may I do my very best for the Lord. May I give my very best for the Lord. And for those of you, may you also applaud me a little bit. Because I'm not here forever. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. But you see, but the applause, I need to say that the applause must not get into my head. Must not make me think that because you are applauding and clapping for me, I should not feel that without me the church cannot work. That is the problem that comes. When people are applauded, they are praised, they are, they are, they are, they are clapped for, and they have a few people, they lay hands on a few people and they fall under the power. They feel that now I can be founder, president, potentate. And then, and then they step out and cause also of confusion. You're in the, in the applause of people. May we still be humble. Amen. I said, may we still be humble. Amen. I heard Dr. Yankicho say that when people praise him, it's like chewing gum. When you chew gum, you don't swallow it, you throw it out. When you keep swallowing gum, it will stick, it, it will cause you problems sometimes. So when people pray, don't let it enter your head. Don't swallow praises. After you, you see, one day, Bill Graham preached a sermon. Very powerful sermon. And when he finished preaching, 
Somebody, somebody told him that, Reverend Billy Graham, there's nobody on earth like you. You are the greatest man who has ever walked on earth. And he said, the devil just told me the same thing. There are some praises that are from the devil. And they are saving you destruction on silver platter. Pastors and reverends, I pray for you that you look up to God as the source of your life and the source of your honor and not for men. Say amen. Now before I sit, I believe that many of us came here as friends, well wishes and family supporting these people. My prayer for all of us is that we'll stand with them. We'll pray for them and we'll wish them well. In five years time, in 10 years time, may we look up to, may you look back at today and say, God, we, I thank you that I was there when this man was ordained. I was there when this was because I see the fruit of their labor. And I pray for all of you ordinance and pastors, appointees, that Bishop Alex will not have any reason to regret appointing you pastors. There will be, no be no reason that he will look back and say, why did I ever ordain this man? May you never bring pain and shame to the Father God has given you. May you be a source of inspiration and life to others. Remember that privilege is more important than sacrifice. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank and we bless you today. We honor you for everyone that came today and for all these wonderful people. Now I'm going to ask everyone of us here, maybe you came as a colleague at work, you came as a friend, you came as a family member, but you have never taken that special decision of making Christ the Lord of your life. I'd like all of us to say this prayer together. Say with me, Heavenly Father, this Sunday evening, I give my heart to you. Be the Lord of my life. I will serve you. I will follow you. I will walk with you the rest of my life. From today, I am yours and you are mine. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.